0: Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. And our top story today, the Federal Trade Commission sues to block the Microsoft acquisition of Activision. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Colette Bennett is with The Street. Well, Colette, it's great to see you. Happy New Year's. Happy holidays to you and your family. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning.
1: Thank you and happy holidays to you too. I'm, I'm happy to do a little pre-Christmas uh, check-in with y'all.
0: Absolutely. Well, appreciate that. And we're going to talk a little bit about gaming, which is one of your expertises and forte. Uh, in particular, the Federal Trade Commission is suing Microsoft to block their act- acquisition of Activision. So, why, why is this acquisition so significant uh, within the gaming industry? And significant for Microsoft in particular.
1: Well, um, gosh, that's that's a question with a lot of potential uh, threads. But let me try to let me try to encapsulate it a little bit. Uh, basically, Microsoft, uh, the big concern that the FTC has about Microsoft uh, purchasing Activision is that it's kind of buying its way to the top, so to speak. Um, you know, kind of give Microsoft. Uh, a boost that would kind of push it up as far as uh, in the, it would push it up higher in the the list of top revenue drivers among uh, video game companies. And so I think that the FTC, I've noticed that they have been cracking down a lot more um, as of late kind of like on acquisitions and kind of keeping an eye on what, you know, people are acquiring and why, like they're also in a battle right now with Meta about acquiring a, a VR fitness company that's another story, but on the whole, like you know, they I think they're just keeping a really close eye on artificially kind of increasing the size and the bottom line of companies.
0: Yeah, and um, and, th- and and just to kind of pick up on that, I mean, Microsoft when it looks at when you look at their rating, um, a note here that I have that the Microsoft Xbox uh, Xbox, which I don't use, I don't even play games, as we've talked about, is in third place behind Sony's PlayStation. And Nintendo Switch. To to your point, Microsoft is really not in the lead as it would be, for example, operating systems, operating systems on your PC, your laptop, um, some other places. So, go ahead. No, no, you have
1: to remember Microsoft entered the, the gaming space very late in comparison to every other major competitor in the space. So the top three right now, I believe, are Tencent, which is a Chinese company that's been at it for quite some time. Sony, you know, how long Sony's been around. And even though uh, Nintendo is further down on the list, obviously, you know, they've been making games for for decades. So when Microsoft tried to enter the space, um, they did so with very, you know, the first Xbox, which is very masculine, male-centered kind of offering they wanted to do something that was very kind of american i think um and you know they have literally decades to catch up on to catch up to these other companies so i think potentially one of the FTC concerns is by doing something like you know vacuuming up a company like activision blizzard which you know blizzard itself has been around for you know many many decades as well and has been making games steadily that are you know, very popular that you know they are kind of like you know Skipping a few rooms, so to speak. So and I think they want to avoid a monopoly. You know, the FTC wants to avoid uh, you know letting them kind of move into like a monopoly setting.
0: Yeah, and 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 just to you know, I I know Activision from uh, my Atari days. I mean, they have been at the forefront right. of uh, not content creation but video game creation. Is, is some of the concern? Uh, you look at providers like Netflix. Amazon, others, uh, the streaming manufacturers are looking to get into gaming. Uh, That could potentially push down Microsoft and and its offering. Um, Where where does streaming kind of fit into all this?
1: Well, I think uh, it's challenging, right? Because, um, like, for instance, uh, Microsoft actually has uh, a, and I've talked about this on the show before, they have a uh, service right now they offer called Game Pass, which is kind of like Netflix, but for games. And while other gaming companies kind of tried to construct things like that, no one is really offering it on the level that Microsoft is. So they do have a great edge of that. Like that's definitely been a big conversation in the game industry, how they kind of did it first. So, you know, that's a plus for them. But on the other hand, um, yeah, I think that like with other streaming companies, they are kind of coming into it so late in the gaming space. Like for instance, Netflix, I saw a release yesterday that Netflix is finally... Gotten to their goal of releasing like fifty games for mobile, but they're also in the process of like acquiring studios and like getting ready to make their own game. Which, with success, you know, it could mean they're actually a player in the space. But I think for the whole, on the whole, for any streaming service to have like a good chance to actually catch up, um, yeah, they would have to come up with something, you know, a runaway hit basically to even get like register on the scale with these, you know, video game companies that have been at it most of the decades. So, you know, we'll see how
0: that goes. Colette, is some of this um, leftover from the 1998 Justice Department suit for Microsoft? I don't know if you remember that case, but it was embedding, uh, Microsoft was embedding, I think it's uh, Internet Explorer uh, web browser and, and obfuscating or not including uh, Netscape, Mosaic and some of the other uh, browsers of the time. And they got sued for Monopoly. Is some of this hesitation by the FTC, again, different entity, uh, but is it kind of left over from that, you know, 1998, 1998 suit almost 24 years ago?
1: I would say that the connection there, not so much that it's left over per se, but the connection there is that um, the FTC kind of watches big companies like this that have a lot of power because of, you know, high, high revenue. And they know that you know, there may be some shortcuts to you know, the ways that they try to make things work. Um, so you know, the FTC just uh, sued Epic Games, which is something that we can get into later, but uh, you know, they were so successful with the video game Fortnite that there were some uh, back roads that they took to that were not exactly legal or appropriate. <clears throat> I think that um, when you get to a certain level of success and size with the company, Um, you know, there are times when you kind of have to sort of keep an eye on what they're doing. And I think that's what the FTC is trying to do. They're trying to kind of be the, you know, the good cop in the situation and make sure things are fair.
0: Um, But
1: but yeah, I mean, that's the thread between the two, I think.
0: Yeah. I kind of look at the FTC similar to the SEC in the sense that they're trying to maintain a fair market in the case of the SEC in terms of financial markets and the FTC in terms of communications and whatnot. Uh, Colette, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about gaming and maybe what to expect in 2023. Since it's almost here, you're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future this network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the Baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love.
1: But you got to start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in.
0: The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're going to change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you
1: stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and call Credit Repair for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit.
2: I started thinking about buying a new house, and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives, and we just had a good conversation, and I I liked what he was saying.
1: Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit.
2: I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All
1: it takes is one call to get started.
2: Credit Repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score.
1: Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Nothing is known 100%. So my strategy does not change based off what other people expect. My strategy is based off of what I expect. And what I expect is to retire when I'm around 60 years old. And so I make my investments today based on what my future goal is, which is, you know, to retire in, you know, 30 or 40 years. That's, that's my goal.
0: Welcome back. We're talking this morning to Colette Bennett of the street. Colette, thanks so much for sticking with us this morning for segment number two.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure.
0: All right. Let's talk about the gaming uh, industry. maybe we put the cart before the horse in terms of the FTC versus Microsoft vis-a-vis through the Activision Blizzard merger. But let's talk, let's take a step back. What is the hottest theme in, in gaming? Is it VR virtual reality? Is it still gaming on the laptop or the mobile device? Where, where, where is the biggest bang for your buck? If you're a, a game manufacturer. Hmm. Gosh,
1: there's so many potential answers to that question. I'm like, ah, uh. so just to address a couple of things you noted. Um, you know, VR is definitely not the big all end all. I think it still has some adoption issues with, you know, people feeling like, oh, the equipment is expensive or the headset is heavy, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and which, you know, to be honest, they still kind of are, uh, I think that that is something that, um, we look forward to some changes with PlayStation is releasing their new VR two next year. Um, it looks much lighter. It's, extremely good resolution, much better graphical quality. I think that that's going to be really exciting for gamers. But HTC also just announced what's coming next for them. They also uh, made a VR headset that was kind of like top of the line a few years back. They have another one coming. And then Apple is supposedly making a headset, which, you know, if it does, I feel like that could be the really big point of main adoption for VR because knowing Apple, they will make it light, they will make it you know easy, they will make it, yeah, sure, it'll probably be expensive, but that's never stopped anybody from buying any other Apple product. So I think um, <clears throat> there's a good chance that when Apple comes to the market that that kind of vault VR to the next level. But yeah. I think that as far as you know trends go on the whole, what I'm seeing is um, gamers seem to be, Still really interested in big first-party titles. Um, We are definitely about to see a shift in cost of 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 AAA titles that I've never seen before, and I've actually been curious to see how gamers are gonna react to this. Um, You know, sixty dollars is usually the price point for what what they call a AAA game. You know production values but several of the big companies have announced that they're going uh, to a new price point of 70 and that could go with deluxe editions as high as 90 or 100 which is kind of vaulting games to a new level um and i think that's really interesting especially when we are you know going into a year where there are a lot of recession fears and a lot of you know prices of everyday things like groceries and such are very high so i'm not sure how people are going to react to that but i think it it really is a different kind of circumstance in the space that we've
0: really never quite seen that juxtaposition of things before. I was going to say $50 sounds like a lot of money to me. Um, And I was going to ask you about the, you know, we talked about streaming. What's the link between Hollywood? Is there a link between Hollywood and gaming? Because I remember, you know, when the, back when the Atari was around and the NES, they would have like games like aliens and you could be, Ellen Ripley and, and, you know, it was just basically a, a, a two-dimensional shooting game. Um, but what is that link? I mean, is every, you know, the new Indiana Jones five is coming out. I think it's the, uh, the something of destiny, date of destiny, dial of destiny, I think dial of destiny. So is that potentially a video game and, and will they work with Lucasfilm work with LucasArts to create, uh, a game?
1: Yeah, I mean those kind of crossovers have definitely always happened. Um, sometimes they're successful, sometimes they're not. Uh, but I think that the bigger kind of crossover between Hollywood and the is actually in the opposite direction. We've been seeing more and more of it lately. Um, it's kind of a long-standing joke in the gaming community that like filmmakers can never make a good video game movie. Like they were all like kind of notoriously terrible for like many many years. But uh, the last like five years or so, we've seen um, some movies that are like starting to really seem to like get it in terms of like the nuances of the game and what made it so appealing to gamers versus kind of like a straight adaption of, you know, oh, we hit this action point here and here and here. So like a good example is that HBO is adapting a game that was a massive success. Uh, some of your fact called The Last of Us. And so they are now going to premiere a series in 2023, you know, big cast names, it looks incredibly faithful to the game. However, I will say that the game itself kind of almost had Hollywood-like storytelling. So I'm wondering if maybe as games kind of continue to elevate their storytelling and their production, they're kind of coming closer to, you know, working well in movie format. But but yeah, so that's really nice to see. Hollywood definitely looks to games big time though. I've seen a lot of stuff adapted in the last couple of years. And I've been like, wow, they're, they're going to do that. They're going
0: to do that. <laughs> so, are, are, are these big budget to produce a game? Um, whether you're Activision, Blizzard, if you are some of the other manufacturers, I don't even know who they are anymore. Um, but are these huge budgets because they're, they're they almost are theatrical. Uh, right. When I was into gaming, there would be like little, Theatrical vignettes that would appear between segments right. of the game, and they would star like people like Mike. I can remember Michael Bean, Command and Conquer, perfect example. Michael yeah. Bean, Carrie Wur, and other actors and actresses were used to that. So, are these, right. in terms of dollars, big, like almost like big budget movies?
1: They're really getting there. I mean, like what we would call a triple A game at this point, honestly. You know, like a Call of Duty, uh, you know, a game like The Last of Us. Billions, sometimes billions, and also they're doing like full motion capture. So just like movies, like uh, for instance, like uh, you know, the Lord of the Rings, how they had like a real actor play like you know, um, my God, I can't remember his name. Uh, Smeagol, right, right, right,
0: Right, Smeagol, yeah, yeah, Smeagol, right.
1: That is pretty much being done that motion capture in most AAA games now, which means you have to hire actors, you have to have the tech to do that, you have to. Yeah, it's it's more expensive than it's ever been before, but games are making more money than ever made before, and the the outlook for what kind of money they're going to make as the years go on is just enormous. So I think that's why so many companies, you know, are interested. You know, from Hollywood to you know folks like Netflix. Well, how can we kind of revive streaming? You know, our, our product. Everyone kind of wants to get in on gaming now because they think they're seeing that it's becoming more and more of a cash cow than ever.
0: And also, I think the customer wants more of an immersive experience. You know, when you go to the movie theater, you can have surround sound, or if you watch it at home. Because I haven't been in the movie theater in years. Sorry, AMC. <laughs> no, <me either. laughs> sorry, sorry, AMC, theater, AMC theaters. I just, you know, COVID. The pipe of the popcorns outrageous. But it's people. I think want an immersive experience. When you play a video game, that's like a movie. You're in the movie. You're Indiana Jones. You are Ellen Ripley. You are a Marvel comic hero or Rick from The Walking Dead. Uh, people right. want that. It makes them an active participant. I feel like people are not, you know, movies used to be in the, in the 80s. They were two hours, two hours and 25 minutes. Now sure. they're like 90 minutes. So I think people want to be engaged and, and, and a participant.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I think uh, when I was growing up, games were for kids, you know, like Atari and Nintendo were things for kids. And I think over the years, we've kind of slowly seen games ramp up into a point where more and more adults play them. Today, more adults play games than kids do. Um, I think this was uh, the NPD's like, last numbers for 2021 I saw. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. So I think the product has continued to change. I mean, you always have, um, you know, companies like Nintendo out there that are making games that kind of perfectly balance on, like, could be for kids or could be for adults. But for the most part, I think we have a more adult audience than we ever have before. And gaming has never been as acceptable uh, as, you know, for everybody as it is now as a form of media. So, yeah, that's pretty exciting as a person who's, you know, been you know, had a controller in hand since I was five. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: no longer Super Mario Brothers and Zelda and Ultima series now it's these Ooh, uh, the, yeah i'm bringing back the the ones that i played as a kid but there <laughs> it really is this immersive experience that anybody can relate to and, and so obviously the profitability is is there colette we're gonna have to leave it there thanks so much for joining us on the program wishing you and your family again a happy new year happy holidays and uh, we look forward to having you back on the program again in 2023 23 thank you that wraps up this episode of brn am Have a topic of interest, Somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, and all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes.
2: You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free.